You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Tuesday, July 20th. That's just any Tuesday. It's a Tony Tuesday. But we've got huge news. The Steelers signed Melvin Ingram. And that means they got their pass rusher. It's all going to be a whole show about that signing. The news just broke Monday afternoon. So we're excited to talk about that all right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, which you can download anywhere, but especially on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. Remember, you can, you can if you leave us a five-star review with a positive comment, it really helps out the show. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, which has an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. Let's get into it! Ladies and gentlemen, here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, you know, normally, I'm, I'm going to get this out the way now, because we know it's time. It's not just any Tuesday, but it's time for a Tony Tuesday! But this is not just a Tony Tuesday, this is a Tony Tuesday with huge news. Breaking news. That Breaking news. Literally just like less than an hour from us recording this episode, the Steelers have signed former Chargers edge rusher Melvin Ingram, a three-time Pro Bowler to a one-year deal, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, Tony, this was the move. Now, this has been kind of – there have been a precursor for this. There have been reports from Jason LaConfora and other sources saying, hey – the Steelers are bringing Melvin Ingram in. They talked to Justin Houston, but things didn't go the way they wanted. So now they're looking at Melvin Ingram. Yeah. And now it's official. He is a Pittsburgh Steeler heading into training camp. Huge news for the, one of the biggest questions we have had since Bud Dupree signed with the Titans in the offseason is how are they going to address the depth or the lack of depth at edge rusher with yeah. TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith as your only two guys that you feel really comfortable with going into the season? No, and I want to say, look, I am a member of the Quincy Roche hype train, so I don't want anyone to feel like I'm not. I, I'm still very hyped on him, but you're right. This was a, this is a huge get for the Steelers because, you know, and you go back to, to the draft, even after they took Roche, and, and listen to Keith Butler's comments during the draft when he talked about, you know, hey, we, you know, I, we, we need another edge, we need another corner. Like, he, he was pretty adamant about, you know, the, the positions that he thought this team still needed, uh, they, they still needed. And so edge was one of those things, and, and um yeah, they made it happen. I think I think Ingram's a huge get because, you know, and we'll get into whether or not he's going to start or not. But you know, even if he doesn't start, just a guy of his caliber coming off of the bench is a huge get for the Steelers because you know I, I think we're all we're all high on Highsmith. But you know, behind that, like you said, the depth there, you know, no one wants to see Cassius Marsh again. Cassius Marsh against no. the Browns was was very bad. And I look, I I, I love Quincy Roche and I, I love what he did, you know, especially at the Senior Bowl. But we'll see if that translates, right? Because if it if it didn't translate, if it doesn't translate, and this team didn't have a Melvin Ingram, boy, it's it's a it's a rough look to go from T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith to, you know, Cassius Marsh, as we saw in that Browns game. So this was a necessary signing. Whether it was going to be Ingram, Houston, it had to be someone. And and the fact that they got Ingram of all the players, I think, is a great get for them because as if he is a specialty pass rusher, boy, he's uh, he's he's probably the best one out there. I mean, it, it, it's tough to argue now. I would say that that Justin Houston was the would be would have been my prefer, preferred pick if I was being the GM there. But it's obvious. Here's here's my read on this. I think Justin Houston wants to be a number one edge rusher. I I think he doesn't want to have to worry. But I mean, he had eight what eight sacks last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Melvin Ingram didn't have didn't have a sack last year. Um, you know, he did have an interception. 
did, yeah. uh, but he, he also missed nine games, um, you know, the last, last season. So you might have been able to be more reasonable. I, I could see Justin Houston being like, Hey Steelers, like I'm not coming here to be second fiddle. I want to be, you know, one of your number one starting guys and get to the, the steps. I still got a lot to give in the NFL. Melvin Ingram, that, that he may still be saying the same thing and may have just been like willing to accept whatever they offered or whatever. But I, I have a feeling that Melvin Ingram's coming here knowing that's like, hey, TJ Watt's the best in, in the league and we really like Alex Highsmith. So you're not going to be an exclusive edge rusher. You're going to be a guy that we use a lot just in a rotation of other guys because we have a really talented front seven. Yeah, and I, th- and I think that's probably a big reason why Ingram was still out there because right? his snap numbers, you had to want that out of Ingram, I think, in order to want to sign him because his, his snap numbers have come down every year. Because, you know, 550 in, in 2018, 375 uh, two years ago, and then t- uh, you talked about the injury last year, I mean, 236 last year. You know, this is a guy who just the, the, the snap numbers have, have continued to come down for him. And, and then, you know, the, the overall numbers as well, right? The sack numbers, he had none last year. Even the pressure numbers are down. Um, but what I like about him is that, that, you know, the pass rush win percentage, you know, the, the idea of just how often do you beat the guy across from you? He's still really good. He was, he was 11th last year in win percentage, um, as a pass rusher. So he's, I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. The question is, does he have enough to play 40, 50 snaps a game? I think the answer to that question, I think a lot of teams around the league look at him and said, no. So maybe it took him this long to realize, okay, okay, I'm not going to find a place where I'm going to come in and start right. Much like Justin Houston is finding, I'm not going to find a place where I can just start, you know, right away. Um, but for Ingram, this is a great situation for him because he can come in, do the things that he would, you know, which is get to the pass rusher, do the things he does well. And, and, you know, teach Highsmith a little bit um, and, and just be that, you know, be a specialty pass rusher that like the Steelers haven't had since what, I mean, you have to go back to like the James Harrison days when he was like that, the guy off the bench. Yeah. I'd say that's very fair. He, you know, if you're going to classify someone as a special as a specialty pass rusher, that would be the last guy that you'd put in that category. Um, and, and, and the thing is with with Melvin Ingram, he's and he's not he's not a, a a world beater. You know, he's not coming in. He's not going to like be the the superstar guy that takes over. Like he's not going to take over for T.J. Watt. But what you wanted was a solid number two or number three guy that you could bring in here. And and, and here's 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 a here's a big thing about this too is you wanted a guy who was going to be a veteran and understand his role because yeah. like a lot of people were saying the Steelers should draft an edge rusher at the top of the board one it was just that wasn't smart I don't think that was good for Alex Highsmith um because you you, you trust that he's going to develop in the next in the next year or two but two you need a guy the, the guy that they were going to want to come in and, and help TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith was going to be a person who's already developed who has the wiles who has the the smarts to play the football IQ to play that position yep. well and not just not just fire off the ball and beat people but also play smart football and when you look at his film and I, I've done I've done film looking at I've, I've looked at uh, it's I looked at like about four or five different games of his over the past couple of days just gathering film because I, when I saw that news I'm like let me get a head jump on this make sure that he's who I've always thought he was and one thing that even caught me off guard was how often, even if the play wasn't coming his way, he would figure out something. He, oh, there's a screen. Let me lock on to where that is. Oh, this is there. This is really a setup. Let me let me try to figure out how I can dismantle this so my teammates can get to the ball. I mean, even even plays where Patrick Mahomes, he was lined up against him. The the Chiefs were using a running back to kind of shield him. He takes out the running back by engaging him so he can't get to the flat pushes him into Mahomes and then was able yeah. to sack him. It's those type of smarts things, things that he makes sure he keeps his outside shoulder free at all times when he's stuffing the run, you know, fi- figuring out when the screen is happening. Those are the things that as a veteran, you, ap- you appreciate having him on your roster because 
he'll save a lot of plays for you. And again, that's someone that you can plug in there and not worry about, or, hey, is this guy still just learning the game? Yeah, and the other thing, you know, watching some of his tape that I really liked from Ingram was the way that he understands how to attack uh, a, a tackle in his back pedal where, yes. where he knows where the weight is, where yes. his weight is, and, and to to attack opposite. Man, he's really savvy in that way. And you're absolutely right. Look, there was no pass rusher in this draft of this, unless the Steelers were going to go really early. And even early on, there you had guys like Owe, who just, you know, these are going to, these guys are going to need time to develop. There was no one they were going to get early in this draft that was going to come in, I think, make even the impact that I believe Melvin Ingram will make this year as, as a pass rusher. So, uh, this is an excellent signing for for Kevin Colbert. I mean, the question, the next question, I guess, is how much money did this cost, right? Because if you know, if, if this means they have to cut a player because that you know he came in at a huge number, well, that's a different conversation. But I think you know, there's there's almost no chance. I think with the given the cap room the Steelers had, I think they can fit this in. I mean, that, yeah, that definitely fit in. But it's a good question. What was the cap number? We haven't gotten any contract details yet, other than it's a one year deal. Um, maybe there's void years involved. Good Lord. I'd, there's I'd always still, void years. There's there's, always it's, it's, the new, it's the new hotness. It's the, <laughs> the new hotness. Jeez, listen to Tony. Uh, but the Steelers at the time of this signing had approximately $13.1 million in cap space. I, I could see Melvin Ingram coming in and be like, hey, man, I'm going to be important to your defense. Pay me $7 million this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could also see the Steelers being like, hey, here's four because we got another move to make. And I could also see this Kevin Colbert being like, look, we're not done here right now because we still want to go get maybe an offensive tackle, maybe that extra safety. Malik Hooker's still out there. There could be some things that are that are coming down the line for the Steelers, maybe even as, as early as later tonight, tomorrow, other things that happen. I hope it's not later tonight because yeah. I don't I do not feel like re-recording enough. <laughs> no, we gotta re-record this. We gotta re-record. All right, can I can I babe I'm gonna babe Ruth my my prediction on the south on, on how they on how Kel Colbert did this. I think it's a nine million dollar deal. I think that's okay. how much. Melvin Ingram would have been worth in the open market, but I think they added void years, maybe one or two to bring that number down. Like you were talking about, you know, get it down to like five ish or three, you know, three and a half, four. Um, I think that's to me, that, that sounds like something, you know, Ingram will be okay with because who cares, you know, as a player, you accept the void years. It doesn't matter. You get paid all the same. Right. And for the Steelers, it it keeps that number in a place where, like you said, they, they have a couple more guys they have to sign uh, in, in draft wise. And then you want to leave that extra space for a guy like, you know, Malik Hooker potentially, or, you know, one of these other guys they've been talking to. Absolutely. No, I, I, I think that's, that's part of the plan here. Cause remember, yeah, like you said, they, they want the cushion, they want the space, not just to sign Malik Hooker, but you know, Kevin Colbert loves his emergency fund money. Like he, he yeah, wants right. to make sure that he has like four or $5 million laying around in case someone gets hurt and he needs to make a move like grabbing Avery Williamson in a trade last year. Right. Um, so that all in all this is a huge move we're not anywhere near done talking about it we got to cut to a quick break when we come back i want to get tony's thoughts on how this impacts the steelers playing of edge rushers because now you're gonna have a situation where you gotta you gotta do have to choose who's getting this to be starters who's getting the primary snaps all that discussed in the next segment but first a word from our friends at betonline.ag BetOnline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to BetOnline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word. And that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. 
Right now, sure, the NFL's done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Tony Serino for a Tony Tuesday. And of course, this show is all about Melvin Ingram. He's the new Steeler signed to the team. This guy comes in three Pro Bowl years in uh, 2017, 18, and 19, 2020. He, he missed nine games, was on the injured reserve, had a knee issues, but the Steelers brought him in for a visit, which presumes to me, Tony, that they they, they checked, they wanted to check him out, make sure he's good to go for camp that starts Thursday, and that's where, that's where we go. That's that, and now they're like, yeah. okay, now you're good to go. You come in here. But now here's the question that everyone's asking. Does this mean that he is the guy next to T.J. Watt? Or is, this, is that still Alex Highsmith's job? Is this a rotation deal? A lot of people are saying that. I've seen some people, I think Ray Fittipaldo said, you know, expect him closer to the 20 to 30 snaps per game range, which that's a backup. That's a pure backup if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're doing it that way. Yep. I don't know about you, Tony. I think this is going to be a heavy rotation between these three guys to keep them fresh, uh, you know, making sure that at least one guy is getting off at a time um off the field getting a chance to breathe going back out there and uh i think that they they want melvin Ingram. they didn't bring him here just to have him here to 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 sit on the bench and come on um and i i, I also don't think that they think so little of alex highsmith no it, it, look they certainly didn't bring him here as like a just in case well you know you know in, in case of emergency break glass put in melvin Ingram. right that is not what they, they brought him in here to play for sure the question is how many snaps now I've seen, yeah, like you, I've seen people say the opposite of like, you know, some people say, oh, you know, 10, 15 snaps. I think I saw Caboli say that too. Um, then I've seen people, you know, outside of the Steelers media saying there's no way that, that Melvin Ingram agreed to sign somewhere to back up a guy like Alex Heisman. It's impossible. He's going to have, he wants to be a starter. He has to be the starter. I, I'm like you though. I come in the middle here. I think, yes, I think there's going to be a rotation, right? I mean, we, as fans, we all remember last year watching TJ Watt labored on the sideline during games, just exhausted yeah. Yeah. at times because of the amount, the amount of reps they had to play. And, and for, you know, for, for good reason. I mean, he was the best pass rusher the Steelers had and Bud Dupree was hurt. So that, that meant Highsmith, you know, wasn't a Highsmith was available and that he had to play every down. So I'm with you. I think, I think that, you know, the question for me is how many snaps I think you want him in on pass. I think, I think right now pass rush is his best asset. You know, I mean, you can, and, and coverage he's, he's fine as well. Run defending, you know, it's a more open question. I want to watch more film on that. Um, but you know, for me, I want him in there on, you know, third downs rotating with, especially with Highsmith. You never want to take TJ off the field. I guess you have to at times. Uh, but yeah, I think heavy rotation, I would say 20, plus snaps a game is where I am. I, I think he, I don't think he starts though. I think Heisman starts. I think, but I think Ingram comes in and plays a, a solid number of reps. Don't be surprised if, if Heisman does start, but I also don't be surprised if Mel Green starts and I'm doing air quotes here. You guys can't see that, but mm-hmm. don't be surprised if Mel Green quote unquote starts 
but Alex Highsmith is in the very next series and it's just, they're rotating. And then there's, you see right. some, some sets where it's going to be Highsmith and, and Ingram and, and TJ Watts on the sideline. Also something I've seen when I'm watching my film of him, he moves around the line. He doesn't always just line up as an edge. Oh, yeah, sometimes, some, sometimes he's standing up in the, in B gaps. Sometimes he's lining up in the middle and he wins some interior pass rush downs. Sometimes he's played off ball a little bit. Not, not like, you know, all the time, but kind of how they used to use Bud Dupree and, and TJ Watt. One would rotate kind of off ball and help that way. He even had an interception of Derek Carr a couple years ago doing that in the red zone uh, and, and looked pretty savvy doing it. This guy is, is going to be brought here. They're, they're going to use him in a lot of different ways. It's not, I, I think people just, when they think of, oh, is he going to start? They think of Madden. They think of, okay, who's going to be the guy that's yeah. officially at the top of the depth chart that I keep using and just blitzing with all game. Uh, but that's not how the NFL works uh, if you're if you're not T.J. Watt or Minka Fitzpatrick or a superstar. If, if you're a, a good player or a guy or players is on the rise and, and you're competing with a guy, another guy that's in that same vein, you're, they're probably going to rotate you a bit to keep you both fresh and maybe find the situations that better serve you as a player and so that you can better contribute to the team. Now, when you say playing inside though, I mean, he, you know, he's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like a guy like Tewitt or Hayward is coming off the field and Ingram is playing inside, you know, with, with Highsmith or a Watt on the outside, or you think they could do that? I think they could do that a little bit, but I, I do think what happens is it's like they'll maybe they, they have TJ on one edge, Highsmith on another, and they bump them around a little bit. And you see Tuit and Hayward as just one, as just two guys, and then they only have one. It's only Devin Bush out there, and then that's gotcha. kind of their front. And so then that way you have five potential pass rushers, but you're you're comfortable with the athleticism of Ingram, of Watt, and of Highsmith to drop it out and cover a zone, an underneath zone to help with that and help keep the the the, the you know the the quarterback confused. I, I think it's going to be closer to that style. But gotcha. when you watch him, it's not that he lines up and like puts his hand in the dirt and he's like, I'm I'm a DT now. It's right. hey, I'm lining up over the guard and I'm going to use a swim move. There, there was one sack that I'm going to break down for DK Pittsburgh Sports very soon um, in a film room study where he split a double team from the Raiders when he did. I mean, he just shot a gap twisted inside and, and, and like you said he knows how to attack offensive tackles in the middle of their drop step and knows how to get them at their weakest points he also is very adept at using his hands contorting his body at the right moments to make sure that his frame is not as available to be checked by offensive linemen when they go out to punch him so those are yeah. the things that melvin ingham is going to be bringing to the table wherever he lines up for the steelers he's got he's got really strong hands really strong upper body from the from the yes. tape that I, i've watched him and yeah, I mean that's that's such an asset for a, you know it's it's you know it, I mean, James Harrison won a whole you know whole career doing that and having really good bend off the edge, um, so yeah I I mean I think you know go Ingram I, again I think Ingram plays like you like you know like you said 20, 30 snaps a game uh, but Highsmith is for me is is the starter here. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't think High, Alex Highsmith gets knocked out of his starter role. I, I think he gets a this, this is the comfort zone where he can like come off the field and. Coach Tomlin and Keith Butler and all those guys, they're going to be able to say, oh, okay, we're, we're good. We're good. These guys. And, and, and the eventuality when one of these guys gets hurt and is out a couple games in 17 right. game season. Now it's going to happen at some point. You hope it doesn't, but when it does, you got to be prepared. And this guy at least gives you a little bit of cushion for one of those guys going down and then having some answers to that. They still might sign another guy in this position at some point just to further boost that rotation. But this is a big signing because Melvin Ingram, uh, a big name, 
but also a, a very good player if he can get back to where he was in 2019 and 2018 and 2017, where I believe he had seven sacks in both 19 and 18, and in 17 he had double-digit sacks. Yep. Um, but he, he's, he, he's used to being the number two guy over there with Joey Bosa with the Chargers, so it should be no – uh, it, there should be no surprises for him being a number two guy next to TJ Watt or a number three guy rotating in with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was pointed out that, you know, he has, he had a higher, you know, P- I know everyone loves PFF grades. Uh, so let's bring him up. He had a higher pass rushing grade last year than Bud Dupree did. And Bud Dupree wow. had what? Eight sacks last year. Wow. Seven, seven sacks. He had a better pass rushing grade again. I, you know, and, and, and well, I'll have to watch the full tape, right. Cause you know, I, we haven't had time to do that yet, but you know, just looking at the numbers, right? I mean, looking at the, the pressure numbers, pressure numbers were good. He had 28 pressures in, in what it was it, 200 and something snaps. I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a decent pass rush percentage or a pressure percentage. And then his pass rush win rate percentage was, again, as I said, 11th best in the National Football League. He was winning against the guy across from him. You know, he just wasn't able to complete the play. And, and, and that this is why I think, you know, I'm a big pressures over sacks guy. But the reason for that is sacks are, you know, sacks can be a product of good coverage as well, right? You know, if a guy gets right. rid of the ball Very quickly true. because your guys, you know, the, the corners aren't covering, not much you can do as a pass rusher other than, you know, get close. But if the guy gets rid of the ball, the guy gets rid of the ball. So, no, I, I agree. Press, pressures are, uh, pressures have become, you know, a, a big stat. And, you know, I, I've all, you know me, I am not a, a soft stat guy. I'm not a guy that always, I, I don't just go by, you know, if there's some subjectivity into someone's statistic, yeah. I, I at least, I at least raise my eyebrow at it, but you know, I, I do, I, you know, when I, when I looked at his tape and, and even some of the games last year where he wasn't getting sacks, he was beating his man, he was doing his job. And I yeah. was like, okay, that correlates with, with the, with the PFF, the pro football focus uh, numbers that I saw on Melvin Ingram. Of course, now that he's a Pittsburgh Steeler, I'm sure all of them will just m- magically drop to zero. <laughs> he, he was the worst edge rusher last year. Not yes. even good. Oh, we found, we found some irregularities in our, uh, in our <laughs> grading and had to drop him down. <laughs> we had to drop him down because he's black and yellow now. Okay, can't, can't have that. Can't have that. All right. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back more, talk on this on, on on this addition to the defense what it means for the defense as a whole i want to get tony's thoughts because you know th- this defense was special last year and a lot of people said it couldn't be special this year with the losses of certain players but now more and more we're seeing these guys the, the steelers find answers for those guys we'll talk about that right after this break first we're going to talk to our friends at rockauto.com Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Tony Serino for a Tony Tuesday. Tony, uh, uh, so 
taking a step back here, we, we've been talking a lot about the in-depth of what we've evaluated on Melvin Ingram and how we evaluate him versus Alex Highsmith and versus using him in different ways. But now let's look at the defense and how this impacts it, impacts this group because this was a group last year that when all of their defensive front was healthy, they were the best defense in football. You know, when Devin Bush, Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, when that defensive front was going, they weren't just rushing the passer. They were stuffing the run. And that's something where I, I think Melvin Ingram will be fine in helping against the run. Um, and I, I, you know, I see him. I think Alex Highsmith, that'll be one place that he has to just have to grow more in, in getting more physical in that depart, but, department. But um, all in all, that's going to shore up something here. You know, a big thing that we heard all throughout the offseason, oh, the Steelers lost Mike Hilton, Stephen Nelson, and Bud Dupree. They're doomed. Doomed, I tell you. Yeah. Well, now you get Melvin Ingram to shore that up. They, they're they hoping that they, they signed Cameron Sutton to kind of replace Stephen Nelson. They're hoping that a slot corner steps up in that regard, uh, you know, and, and fills in, in my, for Mike Hilton the way Mike Hilton filled in when he took over at slot corner. Uh, I, I, I see this as a huge move that could bring some a security blanket to this defense to keep them going, even if they lose a guy for a couple games. I'm with you. I, you know, I, I think this defense has been so much of this defense is, is about whether or not some of these young guys are going to, are going to come on. Right. You know, I've been a big James Pierre guy this entire time. Um, but the address position was, is going to, was this to this point very much about whether or not Alex Highsmith could, you know, avoid a sophomore slump and build on what we saw him do as a starter in replace of Bud Dupree a year ago. But, you know, for, look, for all the Steeler fans hopes of, Hey, you know, Bud, you know, he, Alex Smith could be better than, than Bud Dupree because he's, you know, he's shown early on in his career. It's not going to take him. It doesn't seem like it's going to take him as long to turn the corner like it did for Bud Dupree, but Ingram adds a little bit of a safety blanket there. And you'd love to see, look, and I, I know this is going to go against the meme and, and against the James Pierre hype train. I still, I still would like to see the Steelers add a veteran presence at corner too, right? Because mm. like th- this, what they did, what they did with with bringing in Ingram is adding adding that veteran presence, adding someone who you know what you're going to get out of him. You know what mm-hmm. you're going to get out of Melvin Ingram. You are going to get a solid player at worst. It's just a question of how many snaps can you get out of him. I, at the corner position, we know we're going to get out of Hayden, and we have a pretty good idea what we're going to get us out, out of Cam Sutton. But it's still an open question. Watching him start 16 games, haven't seen that just yet but beyond that again it's it's all hope and it's all hype and and we shall see so and, what you're you know, saying is the james pierre hype train is just a hype train <sighs> look at you being realistic for a second there <laughs> look at you being realistic it look the in some ways here you know, here's another hot take by the way loved loved the facebook group last week they were very I, they were very receptive, Chris, to my hot takes last week about Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph. Very receptive. Um, in some ways, I'm more worried about the defense and and what the defense is going to be in 2021 than I am the offense because I think you know the offense. We all know it's not going to be a top ten offense, right? It's it's going to be average or below average, somewhere around there. Defensively we still imagine this defense is going to be top five, but man, if the corner situation doesn't work out and this thing falls to 10, 11, 12, 15th best defense in the league, that I think is going to hurt a lot more than Steeler fans realize because defensively this team was winning, you know, they were winning so many games last year because of incredible defensive performances. And if they can't get that and the D and the offense doesn't improve, you know, hand over fist, then this is a team that's, that's going to be staring, you know, eight and eight or whatever it is now 
eight and nine, nine and eight. It's gonna be staring that in the face again. I mean, if 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 there's a there's a lot of still a lot of question marks on this team, and I yeah. do agree, the the secondary needs help. Whether that's an extra whether that's an extra safety to back up uh, Minka and and Edmonds, um, whether uh, a nickel whether... A, a nickel corner that that we've heard of that Steeler fans have heard of would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> totally, no, I, I I I agree with that, but but all but that's the thing here. You could find you could find that answers you could find that answer somewhere still. Brian Poole is still sitting there. Steven Nelson is still sitting there. <laughs> Shocker. And, Can and, he come yeah. back? Do you, do you think is that bridge burned? Yeah, I think that bridge is burned. When, yeah. when he used the hostage line, I think yeah. that was a uh, like I'm out of here deal. And I, I I don't see Mike Tomlin turn right now. Now if he comes back and he apologizes to Mike Tomlin in private, maybe there's something about that. But to me, that came across as a shot across the bow. Like like okay, we're just uh, we're going yeah. to uh, he you used know, Tomlin's line against him. Right, right, and yeah. um, that 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 to me was a, was it was intentional, um, and even beyond his pride, I think the Steelers are kind of like, look, we're not trying to have a dude around here who's going to say those type of things and do those types of things, um, and uh, and you know, and and the cornerback market, you know, I wonder what that's gonna what that's still still going still being looked at like, um, uh, across across the league because. You know, Richard Sherman, obviously you can't really yeah. use him right now because that. of his situation. Um, you know, but Brian Poole's your is is your slot guy. Um uh, and, and then, you know, with Steven Nelson, you know, other guys, Nickel Roby Coleman, uh, you know, Gary on Conley. There's there's still there's still a lot of there's a lot of question marks out there. But who knows? Maybe Steven Nelson's like, hey, give me give, give me a deal so that I'll be with a team that I can play on and know. Um, and then next year I come back for, for big money, but no, I still, I just still don't see that happening. No. Yeah. And look, I don't, and I don't want to see their fans to worry. Like, you know, Tony has not left the James Pierre hype train. I'm all in. I mean, the guy's a future, the guy's a future hall of fame, right? Just, it's not a question of if it's a question of when, and my big question here in this segment, Chris is when does he become the hall of fame? Right. Might not be this year. might be, you know, a year down the line. And in that case, if that were to happen, right unlikely but let's say it does the Steelers have a real problem at corner they really do and I I think you know with with this being a pass happy league now the the other thing we should talk about here is is this is a this is a division they play in it's very run heavy it's a very unique division in the National Football League where it's a very pass happy league but they just happen to play in a division where defending the run against the Browns and the the Ravens is of the utmost importance and that may be a one of the reasons why the Steelers are maybe willing to take more chances at corner than they are you know let's say defensive line where they beefed up this year or at linebacker where again, you know, they're, they're beefing up again. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm right with you. This could be, there, there's a lot of different ways that you could, that we could look at this, this scenario and say like, Hey, you know, the Steelers could be ready, but I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't, I don't see a team that just, that, that, that was just one of, one of the best defenses in football. Um, last year, they were the number three defense in football. Yeah. And, and now the biggest worry that you had was edge depth. That's at least been solidified with the third with a third option there. Whether that whether the third option is Highsmith or Ingram, uh, based off of who you think will win that battle, um, you know, to, to me that's that's still a solidified thing. And I I really do think the Steelers will find a solid slot corner, um, you know, in, in this process. And whether that slot corner is Sutton bumping inside because they really like James Pierre or or Shakur Brown or Marcus Gilbert or mm-hmm. whoever whoever fits in there, I think they'll find that guy. Um, and at least with the starting group, and now you have a backup edge rusher, this is a defense that I still think can rock. Um, and, and one of my biggest question marks is now gone. 
for, for this defense. Yeah. We still got a lot of question marks on offense. There's the Steelers. They got, they got to figure out this offensive line. They got to figure out, you know, can Ben play with this offensive line? How is this new offense with Matt Canada going to work? Lots of question marks over there, but yeah. at least in the defense, this move solidified a lot of, a lot of the questions I had about how they were going to make this front, this front seven work. And uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're going to have a very strong year yet again. I'm mean, look, I, you know, and I don't want this to come off as to, you know, oh, Tony saying the defense is going to be bad. No, no, definitely not. There is a high floor for this defense. I still think that they, you know, I think at worst they're going to be, you know, at the end of the year they could be, you know, thirteenth, fourteenth if things go poorly for them. But where, what that what that means though on the field is remember this team was has been so good over the past two years in late game single score games at the end of a game. This defense would come up big almost every single time. I'm trying to think of a game where they lost the game late you know, because in a, in a single score game, um, I think Washington is the only one from last season that I can remember. And you'd have to go back two seasons potentially to find another one. I mean, that's how good this defense has been over time. So if that drops off a little bit and this team's playing close games and they can't count on that defense again, that the win total comes down. And then all of a sudden, like I said, you know, we're not talking about a 12 win team. Maybe we're talking about a, you know, a 10, nine or 10 win team. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. But I, I mean, uh, yeah, again, I, I think this a lot of the Steelers' seasons recently have been defined by injury. When Shazier went down in 2017, you know, when you know when Ben went down in 2019, when Devin Bush and and, and uh, Bud Dupree and Joe Hayden and all the guys, Alex yeah. Heisman. When you think about the, how depleted that defense was in that playoff game, I mean, that's their playoff runs have been defined by, it, and that's been it. This this would be the year if they can get all their guys healthy and keep them healthy on defense. I could still see this defense being a top five unit. And then that offense, if they're if the rushing game could just be in the, in the mid to high twenties, you don't have to be 16. You don't have to be top 10 in the league. If they can make them just like slightly below average and not the worst run game in the NFL, <laughs> this offense will click. They will be, they, they will be, they will be, they will be competitive on the, with that, with that unit. And that will keep the whole team a lot more balanced. And I see them doing a lot more damage this year than a lot of people suspect, yeah. but Tony, we got like with training camp coming Thursday, we got, we still got a ton of time to, to, to think, to think about how Melvin Ingram's going to impact this team. We won't see him until probably the second or third preseason game. They're not playing him in the hall of fame game. Um, def, uh, definitely. So by the way, we didn't talk about what number he's going to wear, but uh, oh. you know, he, he's, he's traditionally been 54, right? Which is, right. which is Ulysses Gilbert. Right. So he probably can't wear 54, 51 seems like an obvious one. No, no Avery Williamson. So, although it did, did, uh, did Buddy uh, Buddy Johnson? Did Buddy Johnson take that already? Let me check Cause... the roster real quick. I should have I should have I should have remembered that you are the uh, <laughs> for those who, who are, are are uninitiated with Tony. He is the Jersey Guru. He has right. all these these rules. He has certain certain though he did say that Minka Fitzpatrick picking thirty nine was a bad number and it, things were going to happen. And then he was like, uh, okay, it, now it is a, it is a bad number. And again, as I've said a million times, Chris, it speaks to his greatness that he overcame that. It speaks to his it's greatness. one of the it's one of the reasons why it took Edmonds so long to really get going is because they gave him a running back number two. Goodness. Um <laughs> anyways, so so yeah, Gilbert has 54, Buddy Johnson is 51, Devin oh. Bush is 55, Alex Highsmith has 56, Cameron Kennedy, Long Sapper has 57. They're not giving so here's the thing: the 50s are locked up. Uh, yeah. Unless they cut this Jamar Watson dude from Kentucky, which could very well happen because he's at 50. But 52 is Mike Webster. They're never giving out that number again because no. he's the, the, the 70s. And 58 and 59, of course, Jack Lambert and Jack Ham never giving out those numbers. Uh, they might they might say, hey, go be go be in the 40s. Um, 
you know, 90s. And, and, I mean, you could be, you could be a 90s guy, right? Here's what I don't want. Be a 90s. No 20s. No 20s. I'm not a 20s linebacker guy. I'm out. Not fact, a 20s linebacker guy. At 100% out. Out. Hated when Mark Barron uh, was 26 as a linebacker. And oh, by the way, I found out, found out today mm-hmm. that Jeremiah Wosu Cormo is going to wear, I believe, uh, 28 for the Cleveland Browns. So, okay, okay. bust. Absolute bust. Absolute bust. He's done. Absolute He's a Steelers done. fan. Done. Rejoice. <laughs> Absolute uh, bust. <laughs> um, okay, quick thought here. I forget the do the do the rules of all numbers of, of the single digit numbers being available to everybody. Does that work for linebackers? Ooh, good question. It probably does, right? Because I know it's wide receivers, corners for sure. I think linebacker will be another position where where you can do single digits, right? That I don't could, actually know the rule. That could that could work. I no, mean, no single digits either. No, out, out, hundred percent. Out. Okay, never mind. Out. They need to. They, first of all, they probably need to cut this Watson kid. I apologize, Watson, but or just Dang. give his number up. He's he's got to give it up, or or Gilbert's got to give it up. You know, fifty four. Um, or he's got to go in the nineties, but he can't. It can't be a twenties number. If you get, if, if it's, this is some sort of twenty weird twenties thing, Tony's out. Tony's out on the signing. <laughs> so just keep that in mind, fans. That's uh, that's something that we will keep keep in mind. I'm sure by by next week we'll know his number, and then I, I will get uh, Tony's full reaction to what number he picked. But thanks again, Tony, for coming on for a Tony Tuesday episode here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, we got more coming up this week. Tony, let me know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find me. Uh, here every Tuesday on Locked On Steelers. You can also find me on YouTube. AFC North Talk is a roundtable show all about the AFC North, and I represent the Pittsburgh Steelers on that show. We're talking about inside linebackers today, so uh, give that a listen. You're gonna, uh, the you know, as I said, JOK is a complete bust, uh, and the Steelers have once again the best linebacking group in the division. It's, it's not even close. The rest of the division is trash. Uh, and then you can also find me on my YouTube channel, Steeler Country with Tony Serino. And also, uh, to further point here, Tony, the only 90s number available is 93. Tough. Tough. Jason Worlds. Jason Worlds. Jason Worlds, right? I mean, is that a good thing that you're saying, Jason Worlds? You know, Jason Worlds last year. We should – this is a great July podcast. Jason Worlds actually, by the end, was a very good pass rusher, and he just decided, you know, he had other things he wanted to do with his life. Right. Last year, he was really good. He was getting after the quarterback. Wasn't a really good run stuffer, which – you know, that was, that was kind of ahead of his time. He was ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways. It's going to be a happy league, man. Who cares about run defense? <laughs> uh, you're silly. Anyways. Thanks again, Tony, for coming on. I'm Chris Carter. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Carter critiques is my handle on all, on all platforms there. If you're listening to the locked on Steelers podcast, thank you so much. We appreciate y'all for, for reaching out. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the app Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Thanks to all those who do this. And also, if you're enjoying the, the podcast, please rate us with a five-star review with a positive comment. When you do both at the same time, it really helps us out. gets the word out that we're doing good things here. And I give you a shout-out at the end of the show, like this person, whose uh, name is, I believe, Izo So who left a review recently saying great podcast for old and new Steelers fans. I've been listening to this podcast for about a month now, and I really enjoy the content. The host, Chris is great. I applaud his, his appreciation of Steelers history. He's very knowledgeable. The guests that come on provide unique perspectives and opinions. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Izo. So I really appreciate your five-star review. Anyone else that wants that shout out, please leave the five-star review. And also it just really helps us out here. So we, we love y'all and appreciate y'all for doing that. Thanks again for listening. We've got Dean and Josh on tomorrow. We'll get their thoughts on what's happening. And we'll also get some thinking forward. Who's the next free agent the Steelers might sign? Because that's what's coming down the line before training camp starts Thursday. Stay tuned for the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Got more New Year's tomorrow.
Chris, you think they trade for Duck now or wait till training camp? God, will you stop with the duck stuff? Just, just asking, just, I'm just, just asking questions. D- 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 you make me so. No, we're cutting this. This isn't gonna be. On, it's gonna be on the show, but it's okay. not gonna be on the show. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, like, like, like today, tomorrow. Look at the problems, guys. If you're still listening to the podcast, thank you. But this guy's ridiculous. I'm getting him out of here.